Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 186. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-Shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarTshirtClub.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, The Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. On this first episode of 2021, we go back in time to this exact week, four years ago, when we chatted with Bob Van Oosting and Leroy Schmaltz, founders of the world-famous Oceanic Arts in Whittier, California. Considering that COVID has affected so many small businesses over the past year, I thought I'd reload this episode to not only give them a boost, but to also revisit their amazing journey to becoming the world's premier supplier and builder of some of the most legendary tropical, nautical, and island-inspired themed builds from yesteryear. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've got t-shirts and pendants available right now. Also, reservations are now open for the latest addition to the Desert Oasis Room line of tiki mugs, Tango Roa. Modeled after a local carving I acquired on the island of Aitutaki in the Cook Islands over a decade ago. Alrighty, here we go. Grab a cocktail and join us inside Oceanic Arts. And give it up for the legendary Bob Van Oosting and Leroy Schmaltz. I didn't. Well, you know, like uh, normally what I do is mix drinks in my home bar while we do this. Yeah, you got a nice home bar, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, normally that's what I do, but you know, like, and well, so I, I told him, I told, uh, I was at TPT last night. Oh, and, uh, I told Mike Senior I was coming here. He, he sends his best, by the way. So he was like, oh, tell those guys I said hello. I haven't Great people. Them We've never been there. Oh, really? Could you yep. believe that? Yep. Six I can't years. believe that. And we knew his father, and we helped him 
by puffer fish and mattings and that for that job. Right. And uh, we'd never been there. Wow. So he was like, yeah, those guys got to come down here. So what he did, he called me one time and he says, you know, you rats never come down to see me, so I'm coming out there for a day. <laughs> so he did with uh, with Greg Escalante and oh, he did, and oh, Jeff cool. Barry, yeah, and, yeah. and then uh, his son, you know, Mike Junior. You know. Yeah, 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 and yeah. So they spent half a day out here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you supplied the TKT with the with yeah. their yeah bamboo Ray and all Ray that Ray stuff. back in the beginning. Yeah, because yeah, I know that he built it was all that Ray, with, you know. Yeah. He yeah. built that with Ray. That yeah. They built it yeah. themselves. And that was his father. They, you know. We got to know Ray Buen in a bar that was in Orange County. Okay. Over off Orange Thorpe. What bar was that? Do you remember? It was the Palms. And the Palms is just called Three. Yeah. yeah. Nobody um, knows about it, you know, but it was yeah. really nice. The room he was in is called the Room of a, a Thousand bar, Lights or Hundred Lights or something like that. There was a whole lot of light pictures hanging above the bar. Yeah. There's a like a big hotel behind, and then there's a and this old, and then there's um they had a jungle out front with monkeys and things like that. Uh-huh. And then they had the restaurant, which was really nice. And we were on a sales trip, and we got through early, and so we went down there and had a mai tai and talked oh, wow. for a couple hours. You know, I didn't know that he was working there, huh? I didn't know about that one. Yeah, he'd been all over already, hadn't That's pretty interesting. Wow, that's good stuff. Well, let me start by saying thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Where is it uh, heard? It's, just, like, it's on iTunes. iTunes, right? Huh? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's, you know, you can you can just basically search for Desert Oasis Room or Tiki or anything like mm-hmm. that. And it should mm-hmm. pop up on iTunes. So, mm-hmm. And it's doing pretty good. I'm getting about 3,000 listens a month. You know, they pay you for putting on there a little bit, huh? No, actually, I don't. I don't make any money. Hmm. It's uh, it's just a hobby. Actually, it costs hmm. me money because um, you know, like I have to every time I produce an episode, I got to drive out, and then you know, if I got to buy, you know, booze, if we're going to be mixing drinks and all that stuff. So it's yeah, it makes me no money at all. We got a, uh, a customer that comes in once in a while that he did a YouTube, and he's been making very good livings. Yeah, the YouTube will they yeah. you can make money off of their ads, but with podcasting, it's it's a little bit different. Yeah, he came in here, spent probably an hour. Do you, do you, uh-huh. But he's crazy. He's all kinds of things. Jump up and down. Oh, look at that guy! Oh, really? <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah. Do you, when you drink, do you have some problems about? Keeping on the subject and uh, well, uh, getting so, to some subjects that you shouldn't be talking about. That's a good question because it's it's actually open topic. So the only the only there's only one rule that I ask is that we just don't talk politics. So other than that, it's open topic. So we can talk about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be tiki. Yeah. So you know. So yeah. let's. Why don't we start with um, how did Oceanic Arts get started? Okay, how it got started is that I met Leroy at Mount San Antonio Junior College. And um, he said that he was, he actually didn't live that far away from me. And what it was is that he was carving some palm fronds. And so he's come over and take a look. And he did. And boy, they're very, very nice, you know. And uh, Were you study, studying art there, Leroy? At Mount, Mount yeah, yes, art, I was an architectural and art student. Okay. They dropped architecture in my second year. And so okay. Okay. I stayed in the art department. And so from the palm front idea, we started uh, working together and, and carving these things. And selling them by a lot of them. Were you carving too, Bob? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Carved a lot of them. I got a couple in my office in there. But, um, I, I don't think that people know that. Not too many. Sven knows that one time that Leroy, Leroy could lay it out on a board and I could carve it, you know, like yeah. see a lot of uh, like masks and shields, this type of thing, you know. Not, I, did, I think I've done it as one tiki or so, maybe two little tikis, but if Leroy could lay it out, I could carve it usually, you know. But yeah. when he got too busy, we had to start doing the business. Importing and so forth, you know, 
and the office uh, business just too much, you know. So you can't carve and do that too, you know. Yeah. You was, get all filthy, dirty, and your hands are mess. And and see, else. we actually did. We actually had a did apartment buildings also, and um, was so this we, while you were still students at Mount Sac? Or no, I was going to. Um, I think when we kind of started a little bit, we, I was going to Whittier College. You know, okay, got out of there in '58, so in business. But we had like apartment buildings. We did most of them there on on Rosemead Boulevard, and here Leroy's in there with a skip loader, the big bucket, and I'm up there with these big giant clamshells, you know, like three foot clamshells. Yeah. Driving what is the rebar into the wall to hang to hang those things on there, shells. and here he is way down below, <laughs> and you know things like that, you know. And yeah. So we have a lot of fun doing that, but the business became a, you know, too too busy for for everybody carving. You know? What what time we had what up to six carvers at one time? Yeah, we had quite a few. I don't yeah, different carvers. Well, I I know that Ed Christman is probably the most popular of the of yeah. The, look right. at the molding in front of you. Yeah, on this that's, table. That's, so that's we're sitting at a table in the in the break room that has this really great molding carved around i'm going to take a picture of this so yeah. that people can see what i'm talking about yeah we had the whole table made. and so ed chrisman carved this yes yeah, so carved that molding yeah oh that's great did he carve it right on the table no or no did, no so he carved it carved on strips okay and then you guys you guys attached it to the table that's really really cool you know like i met a guy on facebook guy wilson yeah, he just reached out to me one time because he saw a picture that I posted with you guys, and then he said, "Hey, how do you guys? How do you know Bob and Leroy?" And I said, "Well, I like going to Oceanic Arts. I'm a tiki guy, and I, you know, and and so we started exchanging messages back and forth. And he showed me pictures of some of the tiki's that he carved when he was working with you guys. And he's quite big Easter Island head out there. Actually, he did that. Which one? Big Easter Island. Oh, that Big Easter Island head in the in the parking lot. Oh, that's interesting. His style is very much like you guys have a very distinct style here. I know that you you, you really shoot for making it as traditional as possible. Yeah. But uh, it's still very distinct. I mean, you know, you can look at something that Leroy's done or Ed Christman's done, and you can almost instantly identify that it's one of theirs. You know, and um, Guy it has that same style. Mm-hmm. So is that something that you guys? Yeah, I've kind of been still. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you guys yeah. said like, okay, this is yeah. kind of what we're looking yeah. for, and yeah, <clears throat> yeah we had. Crit- I was going to say Ed Christman originally carved these tiki's. We called them hose noses. Oh, and really? They, yeah, they were <laughs> they were big long noses, and uh, I think had I know a, which usually had about. a tongue hanging out. And, yeah, uh, they they were kind of goofball, but uh, we we kind of got them into doing something more traditional. And, right. They had a restaurant right up on Kalima and what are actually on what Boulevard in Kalima called a Kai Kai, and Eddie did these tiki's all across the parking lot, but maybe four or five. Yeah. Then he, he heard about us, came down there, and after that, uh, Leroy, he's kind of pushed him into doing things more authentic, you know, which yeah. he's done a lot of, you know. Okay. And in fact, he did the one in Tahiti that primarily in this in the intercontinental Tahara. That's the one that was in the book of tiki. Yeah. Yeah. Is that tiki still there? Do you know? Yeah, it's still yeah, there. It just there. gets okay. smaller because it brought away right. the base did, but... The guy that runs the French paper over there, he sent us pictures of it, you know, but we had them too, you know. So yeah. that's interesting. So the bottom rots, uh, and um, what do they do? Do they, well, they cut the rot off? And then I they guess get, so. I, yeah, sure. so it just gets shorter and shorter. Yeah. It's not well, like they it's put it on concrete base yeah, now, yeah. did they? They probably did. It's yeah. Bugs get in it. It came, the log came from up Mount Baldy. Oh, it did? Yeah, it's a piece of pine. Pine is nice, good, good fodder for mushrooms and... Yeah, and, and bugs. So uh, yeah, so that oh, that's that's a piece of pine. So that's not a big palm log. No. no. So what? Uh, they came from Mount Baldy. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you guys 
uh, was that just like a piece of uh, like a tree that fell over? No, yeah, we just took a chainsaw there, two man chainsaw. Did you really? And you just no. cut it down? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we contacted the forest department, I think, as I recall, and they said, that, "Well, we we can show you some place you could pick them up." You know. Okay. And so we did it. You know, and uh, that thing was five and a half tons. It was yeah, 20, twenty foot tall and five and a half foot diameter. And it was uh, one of the funny things that happened. Ed was carving in front of our shop on Philadelphia Street, and we had to roll it over. So he put PVs in there to, you know, punch them in there so he could put rope on the PVs. So he attached to the front of his, um, of his what, is it, what do you call that thing? Like, it's a big old Cadillac, you know? And so he attached to the front bumpers as rope. They call yeah. it big punch. Big Pachu. Huh? They call it the Big Pachu. Big, big Pachu, yeah. And so he really revved the whole thing, and the tiki didn't move, but the bumper came off. Oh. <laughs> then, then he did have it one time where the one of those logs began to roll and it just kept rolling to his car. <laughs> so how many of those big ones like that do you carve? We, the, we, you know, we carve smaller ones for the job. Uh, where is that? That was in the, the New Guinea one also. Yeah, uh, I, I, we, yeah, most of the yeah, we've done quite a few like for the tiki's. We I saw the big a ones. picture that had a bunch of big ones. Well, there's yeah. I don't remember where I saw it. I don't know if it was in the book of tiki, but there was a, a picture with a bunch of big tiki's that were all laid out in a big uh, like open area parking lot. Or well, something. that's our, yeah, that was ours. A big, yeah, we did thirty five of them for a job. Yeah, wow. For in Canada, you know. In Canada, where did those go? In Canada to a Polynesian restaurant. But actually, what happened is we. Uh, we'd worked with this Robert H. Carter, Cargoes by Carter, right. who had been in the business since the 40s, selling tapa cloth to, to Don Beach and yeah. Victor Bergeron. And um, so we saw him. What happened, I went to my aunt's funeral there out of Rose Hills, down there, and I saw this big guy kind of hunched over with the little old ads from Samoa, you know. And so I told Leroy about it. I said, well, let's, let's go down and see him. So he did. So we ended up carving a lot of things for him. Yeah. And when he moved to Westwood, then we... Split, you know, had our own business, but yeah. then split off. We but, stayed in the same building that he was in. It was a a walnut barn on Pioneer Boulevard, which is now in the middle of the six hundred five freeway. Oh, really? Yeah. So and that's on our website too, yeah. by the way. The the three places we've been. Okay. And we we had we had that uh, lease that when Carter left for Westwood, we leased the whole thing, and um, we had some funny funny things on it about the we had all the they had horses in the back. So Leroy and I got a selling torch and cut all the steel things out, dividers out. And so then he said, hey, we could carve some of the floorboards, big, two inch thick at least. Yeah, yeah. And so we carved these things and Leroy, beautiful designs Leroy had carved in there. And then we, um, we started smelling them and all those horse piss had got in there. <laughs> it was bad. And so what happened is it just got, he, we bleached it, we washed it, we soaked it. I was going to say, I hope you didn't lose all this carving. Everything you can. And so it went down to the, What's the name restaurant on Sunset Boulevard? And we sold those planks to this guy. Uh-huh. And um, it was on Sunset or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Sunset, yeah, right. Not and, too far from Hollywood and Vine. And so we were in there. One day we were down in Los Angeles. And so we, it was before noon, about 11.30. And so we kind of kind of opened the doors real small because you couldn't see anybody in there, but they're there. So we kind of opened the doors. <laughs> I told Leroy, we've got to get the heck out of here. <laughs> when they find out who we are. Yeah. Did they ever complain to you about that? No, they, they were not in business. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they were a mafia-connected business. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, evidently something caught up in the laws and the rules. And yeah. They couldn't be in that business. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, 
Wow, well, those are the wrong guys to find out that they got some horse-pissed carvings. <laughs> we tried we tried to get that out of there, though. Would you say that that's the most interesting job that you did? Well, it's well, depending well, on interesting. Yeah. No, not really. No, no that was just a start. Yeah. What would you say is the most interesting? Really? You got the most idea? memorable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, now and then everything dashes at one point or another to something that's, that was unique here and unique there. And I can't think of, you know. Um, the, the Polynesian Village Hotel, we had a lot of people from Disney out there and an architect who had worked for them. Uh-huh. And that was very nice because it's interesting. They would come out and end up having a party with ribs and right. white ties and that. Right. And they get kind of wild. You know, the first time they get to, out of the big city, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, they like to use our, we didn't have a bathroom at our place, so everybody liked to. Pee in the bushes, yeah, <laughs> and all you know, Stephen Crane to all these architects. I mean, that's and they, wow, and they, you flipped those trees out. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. yeah. those trees. And that was the old horse barn where the horses went out to. Uh, yeah, and uh, out the little walking, you know. And, yeah, that was, and they, they liked because we, you know, we were working outdoors and we had our shirts off and everything. So these guys all do that too. You know, yeah. they come out from the Beverly Hills, I mean, their suits, and also their shirts take are coming the shirts, off. Yeah, and, take uh, the clothes off, right. <laughs> uh, acting funny. like we were. And, uh, but it, uh, when we were working on the Disney, uh, we had a fellow from Disney who was the art director, and we also had the head architect from Wilton and Beckett's, and they clashed all the time yeah. on what was proper to design. And they decided, they would argue and fuss over, and they decided to come out one at a time and deal with me on the certain, how things are supposed to be done. Okay. And they'd had different ideas. So I was in trouble, and if I followed one guy's idea, then the other guy would be on my case. Right. And I, I followed the guy from Disney, because that was who we were really working for. And the architect came out, and was so mad, he took a swing and hit me. Oh, really? And then he got afraid, and he jumped in his car and drove away. And he called me in Ventura Freeway, somewhere's on the out the other end of the valley, and apologized yeah. to me. But uh, it was, uh, I said, he hit me once, and he hit me twice, and been in trouble. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but that, was a, that was a good building, all the leaked a lot in the rain, but it was good. Yeah. A nice place. We worked out of there in uh, many years. You know what? From 1956 to, we started out at my folks' home doing mosaics, putting Leroy, put the Polynesian mask. On a beautiful mosaic background, yeah, and then maybe a brass rod in there to delineate, to focus on the mask. So we sold those to um, what would you call them? contemporary stores, maybe yeah, yeah um, furniture yeah. stores, things like that. We okay. sold that, okay. and then we we sold the mask to um, Builders Emporium. We sold what five hundred. Yeah, they have the palm mask. They were yeah. Oh, Builders Emporium. I remember Builders Emporium. But yeah. these things were we had our wives come down at night, and they would be painting them. You know, we did the whole thing with what a sander and a bandsaw, you know, yeah. quick. And throw a nail in the Love back and dip in the stain tank. And we also yeah. did a, a Baker Pool Company was another one that we dealt with, and uh, they kind of would be a they would you put a swing pool in, and then they would have this package that come along with it to hang fish net and a mask and some yeah. other things, starfish on the wall, and so we were part of that. Okay. And. Uh, we had we, some clutching of money problems with those guys, but uh, right, right. We had a big old fifty-gallon drum of stain, which we learned how to make it from Eli Headley, Bamboo Ben's grandpa. Yes, and that's how we had. That's why we dipped these masks in there and throw them into another thing that drained and dried. It was just a mass production deal, you know. Did you do a lot of work with Eli Headley? 
he did quite a few jobs, whether the um, the one in um, outside of Reno, what is it? Can you think of? You know, yeah, but, um, he did quite uh, a few. One back in Nash, the Sparks. 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 Yeah. yeah. So what is that like, Trader Dicks or yeah, Trader, Trader, Trader Dicks? Trader yeah. Dicks. Yeah. yeah. And we sold the materials and all that to him. And then in the Nashville, the. Um, Malahini was it or something like that? You know that that went in Tennessee or yeah, Nash, Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Did a job there for it. We were involved with one in Palm Springs. That was um, yeah. we went out to see him working on the decorations and stuff. And he 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 ran out of money, so he he had to have fishnet on the walls, and he said he didn't have enough money to buy the fishnet, so he hung up the fishnet and pinned it, and he spray paint. And get oh. the, the spray the fishnet look. Yeah. They move the fish down around the walls. Yeah, use that as a stencil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's creative. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He really yeah. was. And Vince yeah. Buono worked with him also. Uh-huh. And Vince and Eli and Car- under Carter's uh, job did the big tiki's that used to be other stardust and those. You know the feather rock tiki's. Yeah. And so they they you know one of those is still alive. It's it's at a park. Yeah, ben, I think it's ben, called Sunset Park. He had pictures of it. Yeah. It's on a little island in the middle of a lake. What would you say is the most memorable? I think the one in Cucamonga. Is it uh, the Kapukai? Yeah, that, that the one that, was, that got damaged in the, yeah, in that the flood. That was kind of an interesting. Partly, I did a lot of carving. We had one of those years with a lot of rain. We had a shed outdoors, and I would be carving, and I'd be up on pallets, so I wouldn't get electrocuted. Do you in San Diego? Is kind of yes, you will. Yeah, we, we, we uh, used to leave here about, what, about 5 o'clock in the morning, get down there, and then we had Eddie stay down there. for. That was their Hawaiian Punch Village yeah, area? Yeah, yeah. 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 And we, did other, we did a lot of signs for other projects. Uh, um, Eddie Crispin and my uncle, uncle yeah. both stayed down there together, and Eddie had a chance to experience Real Filipino food. <laughs> he was not too happy. <laughs> he didn't like it. Huh? <laughs> they had some things that uh, that you know they don't even sell in the restaurants. That they, that, uh, that right. My, my another friend uh, cooked up down there, and uh, he said he he almost threw up. It was just the order of cooking. He That's what funny. It was. I wonder if they. I wonder if they purposely. Malanguanco <laughs> pers- purposely. Gave him or fed him something weird, Might just been. just to like <laughs> yeah. mess around well, with him, you know. Yeah, yeah. could have because they they all yeah. lived together in a, in a facility down there in the hotel or something we had fixed up for. Right, right. mine was good though. We had a lot of good. He carved down to our shop in Whittier, you know, and down to spend the day in the yeah. farm. Do you have any original carvings by him? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, was, we didn't. We, we didn't really have tiki's. So what, was he just doing stuff through you guys, or was well, he, he, he did stuff, a lot of stuff on stuff his own too? Yeah. He was all around. He did work for the Jungle too. You know, you know, you would go to a lot of different places like Stamp, and everybody had the village, the toy village, wherever they had there. Yeah, and his carvings were uh, there. Hobby and, City, yeah, yeah, Hobby City. You know, those just mm-hmm. went down just recently, just oh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it wasn't that long ago. I, I I was taking pictures of them. It was less than ten years ago, and they looked like they were in perfect condition. I'm not sure where they ended up. I think that I know that there was a long waiting list. Sven gave me the story once. He said that there was a long waiting list of people that wanted it, wanted him. The Royal Hawaiian and, and Laguna Beach, he, they, a lot of his carvings were there. Yeah. The entryway and so forth. Yeah. And th- those were uh, replaced because they were rotting away too. Yeah, right. Yeah. That whole place but was they rotting. got stolen though, right? Or they could have been. The whole place was rotting away with the, yeah. uh, the termites and so forth. Yeah. So, what what would you say of all the projects that you've done? There could be more than one. What would what would surprise the tiki people? Well, they might think that we don't. Again, we're back to Disney, Disney, and um, Epcot. 
We did the Canadian Pavilion, totem poles. We did the Danish village okay. with Danish carved post and, and gargoyle the figures on top of their church and so on. We did the African village. We did the the French Moroc- village, the, the Moroccan, Moroccan, the Moroccan. Yeah. So wow. we we were in a lot of other varieties of things. Wow. Is and any then, of that stuff still there? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, we also did a lot of Spanish-Mexican restaurants. Right. And, and uh, right. we did a lot of signage. For I think what would, I guess what surprises me most out of all that is the gargoyles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're cute, yeah. 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 But, you know, like Trini Lopez, we did carved wood doors for his restaurants, you know. Yeah. We did a lot of other Spanish carvings. Mm-hmm. All over, like say down in the tropics, there used to be a restaurant right next door under the bridge, yeah. underneath the green. And we spot all our chair backs and all that type of old car. These right here, these were made for the cocoa palms. And um, okay. since, since they didn't like war things, you know, that uh, Grace Busher didn't, Leroy came up with these cockle shells like that, you know, with a, with a helmet. Oh, the, and you uh, made Hawaiian helmet. You yeah. made those, yeah. okay. And so then we had, we carved those. And then we had a furniture company make up the chairs for us, you know. Oh, and so, okay. but Grace Busher had an interesting concept. She said that the problem is with most chairs that these, you get these big men in there and they've been like, way too heavy and they sit down and say, geez, honey, I think I better just have a solid baby. <laughs> and so she said, we made these and you see how comfortable these are yeah. and how much they hold. They're, they're like from the 60s, they're yeah. 50, 60 years old. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, she said, "This is what I want." Something where the guy says, "Bum, oh, bring me a big steak and right, right. two mai tais." <laughs> yeah, this, so that's part of the. They don't leave. It, that's funny. It, it's interesting as we worked over the years with the different designers and things, who had some wanted to just to keep the customer there. Yeah. And there were certain concepts they had. And then there's others who wanted you to hurry up and get out of there, like fast food places. Yeah. And it's the way you, the lighting and the yeah. colors and yeah. everything else have a lot to do with it because. Fast food place, they just want, they don't want you to linger around there at all. They want you to. Yeah, they want, they want the turnover. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, another job that was very interesting is that, I don't know if people think about us with it, is the old Tonga room in San Francisco. We did the original one. Oh, did you really? Yeah. All the tikis, a lot of tikis, tikis with torches on the top. I don't think uh, anybody does cap, associate cap that with you guys. The boats, everything, okay. you know. Yeah. And oh, we, we have all the pictures inside of the place. And uh, inside of the, you know, album yeah, yeah. we have, we show them. So. Yeah, we did all those. And for a while, we did uh, five or six restaurants, the Tiki Tiki's in Japan, all the different prefects. Oh, really? And, yeah, we yes. did that for years. Okay. And always had a 20 or 40 footer backed yeah. up to our dock, you know. Right. Guy, Guy Wilson did a lot of work in those. Okay. And, and, uh, in fact, we have a, a Pele out here that Guy Wilson worked on, <laughs> and he liked the publicity, started starting Carver. And so we call out the Whittier paper, and, and he's carving this thing some more. And then we call out the Lolly Times, and he keeps carving this thing. And we got it in here now. It doesn't look very much like a Pele. Yeah. <laughs> skinny. Yeah. He just kept carving every time. Yeah. Uh, Pele is supposed to be a female, and the original things that you see, they're kind of, she's got a grossly figure. Right, right. You know, he tried to make this thing look with the breast and right. sort of feminine features and things. But uh, that reminds me of the old Bob Crow's place down there in uh, what they call the thing down there at uh, Long Beach by the Circle. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and Mr. C's. Yeah, Mr. C's. Mr. C's, yeah. And what was funny about that is we had just come back from the Guinea, and a lot of these primitive arsenal figures, things like that. And so they said, well, they want to put them behind each, um, what do you call them, where they settee, you know, like the uh, area, you know, very plush. And so he, we sold them to him, and he put them all behind the walls, you know. And, what I don't know, maybe 
two months and he decided, did you guys buy those back from me? <laughs> and he says, all the kids are lifting up and seeing the palaces on <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. Guy Wilson asked me one time, um, if you guys were carving the Cook Islands tiki's with the penis on it. Yeah, we are. We just have them for sale. Yeah, and he said he said that he said, "Yeah, Bob used to call it tallywhacker." Uh, yeah. And he would and he would say to me, "No tallywhacker." Yeah. So <laughs> so he would carve them without the penis. But I guess yeah. that, you know, that was when the uh, initially they they were trying to have them be what politically correct or whatever you want to call it. And then yeah. they started eventually embracing the traditional style which was to have the penis intact. Like that guy there, there's a figure possibly made lamps out of that one, you know? Right. And if there's one outside here, you'll see that. Well, the, other, the other guy behind the Cook Island. I don't know, yeah. The big one. Yeah, the big one yeah, with the, the hat on top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I thought that that was interesting that, you know, I, I don't know if that's like a, if that was a morality thing with the times. Well, there probably is. For instance, you, you couldn't do that with things that went to Disney. You know, right, and we had we had a female figure in her that was made in Tahiti. Right, she was anatomically correct. She just a little bit bigger than than life size, but uh, she had she was bare breasted. Right, and uh, perfectly. And you you almost think it was a real person when she walked by her. Oh, okay. but they they wanted it, but then they they had a problem about that breast, so they they decided not to take it. Uh, but you know that we have a figure that Leroy's carved a nice one behind the waterfall up there right now, but it's a Marcation Tahitian figure, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it had a phallus on it, right? And so I guess maybe we had one before that way, but so Eddie carved it, you know, from where where it should be, clear down to the bottom. We call it a tripodial base. <laughs> <laughs> tripodial base. <laughs> Great big thing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Did you carve the there's at the Bali High in San Diego. Did you do any work for that? Well, we have, but what what is there is, I think, is, uh, is, uh, what's the guy up north of um, Sausalito? um, Barney West. Barney West. Barney West, yeah. Yes, most of it is that, and some things that Carter brought in from from Samoa. He used to have carvings done in Samoa. Okay. And uh, some of it's stolen, so I don't know what's left. Well, there used to be um, tikis scattered around the property, and... Maybe about ten or fifteen years ago, I remember walking out to the boat dock, and they used to have these Marquesan tikis on each side of the gate. But they were kind of weird looking, and then this and the story that I got was that they were shipped down in pieces because uh, it was easier to ship it that way, or it was cheaper, or something to that effect. Um, and when they arrived, the person who assembled them assembled them the wrong way. So <laughs> you have the teeth above the eyes, and oh. you have like. You know what I'm saying? Then the body above the teeth, and it was all assembled the wrong way because they didn't know any better. I was curious if that was you guys that that shipped them. No, no. We we sold Tom Ham, who owned first owner, you know, original owner, and um, Mm. sold him a lot of materials, the basic materials. Then recently, in fact, I got a picture in one of our albums here, the whole family, the two boys and his right, and the lady uh, who's Tom Ham's wife, you know, was her daughter, and then her new husband. Yeah, okay. And they were here the day that. Had a huge storm, and and this roof doesn't make as much noise. We used to be in a tin building, you know, uh-huh. and galvanized. That really made the noise on a hard rain. Yeah. This comes out pretty hard, and they were saying, "Gee, I hope our dock's okay." You know, by the time they got back there, their dock had been torn out by the waves down oh, there. Oh yeah, so yeah. they did lose it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of tiki's in there, a lot of Marquesan tiki's in there that look very much like their style. Well, so. there's. A- Carter brought those things in a lot of them. We, when we worked with Bob Carter at the beginning, we would fix some of them up. You know, they were kind of rough spots on them and dings and things, and we would sand and 
yeah. carve an eyeball or something on it. Yeah. So some of those went, and they some ended up Disney, so forth, and they were all hardwood. And I think there's one the last time I remember up in uh, Idaho that's sitting up in uh, somebody's front of their home. That's uh, one of his carvings, but they they were made out of really nice wood. But uh, but sometimes they were a little bit strange when they, especially the Cook Island things. They had, they had glasses and right. funny looking ears on them, round dogs, dogs or something. Right. So where have you guys actually been in the South Pacific? I know that you've been to Papua New Guinea. Have you been to Easter Island? So, no, we started out actually in um, in Hawaii. Okay. Catalina first, okay. and then, then Hawaii, and then we went on to. Um, Let's see here. That we went to, 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 to Tahiti. Yeah, to Tahiti. And we were on the first planes to leave, leave the new Fa'a airport there. And we sat all day waiting for the plane to come in. And on the way to Fiji, what, about 2 o'clock in the morning, they, they had a fire in the, on the uh, port engine, left side of the engine burned out. They hit the JO tubes and put it out right away. Okay. So we, we got into Fiji, went and flew into uh, Viti, Viti Levu, yeah. uh, Fiji. And landed, so we did make it that way. It was not, yeah, the Nandi, the airport at Nandi. Yeah, Nandi airport. Yeah, yeah. And we drove all, had a, go to the car, you know, had them haul us over there, all the way over to Suva. And so then from there we went into uh, New Caledonia, and then over to, uh, oh, then over to Fiji, wasn't it? No, I think we went to New Caledonia first. Well, that was I mean, in, I mean you know, yeah. Fiji first, and then New Caledonia. Yeah. And then to, then to Australia. Sydney, and then back across the continent mm-hmm. to um, Darwin, Australia. And then okay. we flew back to Mount Isa, and then over to Brisbane, and then into New Guinea from one end to the other end. So when you guys were doing this trip, was this originally, was was it the intention to research right. Polynesian art and to go into business? So it wasn't a pleasure well, trip. This was actually it was a it was it was a business trip. It was we were already in business doing it. We had been working hard, but we decided we were young guys. You know, even though we were in our twenties. Uh, people sort of considered us just young kids, punks, didn't know nothing sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we kind of made ourselves more authentic and uh, have a little more knowledge than the average. By taking that trip, we could talk about some of the things in the Pacific and, you know, with some authority. Did they, the people there, like all the locals that you went and visited, were they hesitant to share any of their no. uh, traditions and their art? Were they open to you guys? Did they know that you were going to be reproducing them for a business you know i don't think that anybody would even care yeah okay you know really there's there's no yeah. like in new guinea or even tahiti they don't care they want to sell you their stuff yeah and um so that you know we found a policeman over there in papiete that did carving in fact he carved uh, the drum that's out front here okay and uh but i don't i don't think anybody really questioned it, no 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 although we got sometimes we had a, a letter from the what is the la museum yeah la county for collecting and, and dr harris that saw that and said, well, these guys are really serious, you know. Yeah. And we went into, uh, flew in, got a little, um, found a, a Catholic uh, mission there that had a, a guy that flew in, a, was a Cessna something, yeah, yeah. 170 or something, mm-hmm. and flew us way back. And we have pictures on our slides that, you know, that they come down to the house tamarins and the natives ran out of there thinking we're going to crash. Yeah. And so there's a Bruce Laws there that had been collecting. And uh, so we, we talked to him for a while and then we met. Were there just was a mop prick or something like that? Mm-hmm. And we were out there, and all of a sudden, a guy comes all dressed in white right out of the jungle, you know, because they just clear a spot to the for the planes to land, and then that's it, you know, small planes. And it turned out that this, this guy was in charge of the raw material processing, and there's a company that was you know, like 
his idea was to get all the primitive arts out he could, you know, museum right. pieces, everything. Right. So we bought from him for quite a few years. Yeah. And that was a deal. We started out with Carter on that, and he helped finance that part. So when you guys first started, and you were and you were buying this stuff from them, you were selling a lot of authentic. Oh yeah, pretty, art. Very, very okay. thanks. Look. The Mike guy's got a lot of our stuff, even a human skull with a, a spear through it. So you know what? There, uh, that's the thing is, people always say that there's a, there's a shrunken head in one of their cabinets. And people say that that's real, but you're saying that it's a skull with uh, with an arrow through it. Yeah, it came in off yeah. New Guinea. Wow. Yeah, we we had a fellow in New Guinea that was a gold in the gold business because they were out of mining. Yeah. And he also arranged things for us, and he sent stuff to us under his his concept. We didn't even realize, or we didn't ask for it, but he was duty free, and he was sending it to Doctor Schwaltz and Doctor Van Oosting. Yeah, on her Majesty's service. I have a paper so, envelopes in there. Yeah. All that. that was Bololo uh, Dredging, yeah, Gold yeah. Mine and Dredging yeah. Company. And so we got we got things in that nobody customs didn't really inspect that well. And so, so they so sent it to you under the label yeah, of doctor. So yeah, they were yeah. The, so these skulls and things. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. And we, we have bird of paradise plumes. And, By the way, you know, if we ever do a book, we have to put some of those letters under yeah, it. Yeah. So, yeah. So Is there a plan to do a book? Huh? We've, been, we've been we've trying okay. to yeah, yeah. yeah it was just we never have time to do it you know and we talked to Holden and then um, Carrie yeah Handler but you know they're busy too you know and they yeah. said they would help us but we you know I started going back to write a few things and uh, that's about all we've done you know yeah wow that that makes me excited I've got an index index all done you know ready for that what we do subjects I would touch on them but. Never have time. I just I'm so busy that right yeah. now working on quotations. Oh, you've got all probably the the most extensive historical collection of that kind of documentation. Uh, you know, with the whole Polynesian pop era, with all the stuff that influenced the tiki world today. So that would be really cool to see in a book. Oh man, that's got to. You guys got to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, you just when do you get time to do it? You know. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just, uh, it's just it seems like working six days a week now. You know. Yeah. And loving it, but it's just there's no time. You know. Yeah. We got to do what you're doing right now over and over again with somebody. Yeah. I'm taking the notes and things down. Should get like a good recorder, and then Leroy and I can, you know, kick around in here. We talk about different things. Oh, remember that time? You know, the croc yeah. crocodile yeah. almost chased Leroy. Things like that. And Does the crocodile almost chase you? Oh yeah, Darwin. Oh really? Yeah, it was. There was a lake that there was a, about an acre in size, and Bob and I kind of wandered around the lake. Well, there was these little boys swimming in the thing. They're all yeah. naked, and they, <laughs> they, 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 we ended up swimming in the pond with them. Yeah, but there were fish and there were bites. Yeah, but we didn't think much about them. But they boys said something about there was crocodiles around, and uh, and of course the whole it was nothing but. Swamps and jungle around, sure. you know, so why not? And uh, but we never bothered. But I got up one morning and I was walking around the lake. I was at the other end of it, and all of a sudden the bushes shook and everything. And this big giant lizard moved out across the pathway. Yeah, and I scared it, but it was six or eight feet long. Wow! And it ran like a fence lizard. I mean, it was nothing slowing it down. And I didn't. I just froze. I don't know. What, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any idea what to do. Right. And um, because I didn't even know how to run that fast. <laughs> and there was the, all there were, there were trees. Were the only thing were the mangrove swamp trees. Yeah. Which are spindly little bushes that you climb it and they just bend back down to the ground. So um, I I 
very fortunate it decided to go but what yeah, the other direction. First, well, first of all, too, in that little little pond there, and that um, Leroy was down there and saw him down there, I think maybe sketching or something. And so I said, hey, let's go back there. And we brought our trunks, you know. And um, I took photographs. I got a few photographs in the front. They're all skinny dipping, you know, yeah. like we used to do yeah. in the rivers here yeah. back in the 40s, you know. And so it was um, it's kind of fun. So they were in there swimming, and um, Leroy got our trunks on and went in. And we're swimming across. We're just kind of talking back and forth. And... All of a sudden, you felt something on your butt. And, like, just, you know, <laughs> oh, and what man. They, these kids had planned it. You know, they'd come in there and, and you know, like, like, oh, that's and funny. They, and they yelled, crocodile, crocodile. Oh, that's funny. And Lee and I beat the heck out of their swimming faster than they were to the shore. Because <laughs> we didn't know, because they're supposed to be, and then they'd seen that one. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. So it was, yeah. uh, it was quite a time, you know. Yeah. We were there during Guy Fox days, which is their Halloween time. Uh-huh. And these kids had dynamite to blow up things. And I showed them, they have trash cans and different things that put the bombs underneath and shoot them in the sky. So they had a yeah. lot of fun doing that. And we talked to her for America. We weren't too sure about that. We from California. We weren't too sure about that. And then we mentioned the Hollywood. Oh, we know all that Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You know, I was in uh, the Cook Islands just this past September. We went on a boat ride across Itataki Lagoon. There was a little girl that was like the daughter of one of the boat operators, and she just she was born and grew up on this island. This island has a population of like twelve hundred people. It's a very small island, and it's one of the outer islands uh, off of Rarotonga. So, I mean, she's not very cultured. And my wife was playing with her in on the on a, one of the beaches that we stopped at, and she said, "Are you ever going to come to California? If you come to California, I'll take you to Disneyland." And she had no idea what my wife was talking about. Yeah, mm. I went there myself, and a college buddy went to um, went to Samoa, Western Samoa, yeah. or the old Samoa, and then outside to um, uh, it was I keep thinking of Hawaii, but they call it you know, Savai'i. Savai'i mm-hmm. is the bigger island of the of the Samoa there, and so we went out to that too, and got a biologist and talking to him, we hired him to take us around, and it turns out that uh, they have a big, huge mound, and there's a question on it. And, that what was so the the these Samoan people said well they they flew birds off there you know yeah and this guy this biologist said that he got together with um, what's the Kontiki guy you know um, Haridol yeah Tor Haridol he got together with him and they were, when they were going to come Tor was going to come back and they were going to drill into that thing and find out the history what was really there and it turned out Tor died just before that but it was very interesting oh, wow. it went from um, you know, the Apia flew on a smaller plane over to the Savai'i. Yeah. And then, um, then it went on to, um, went on to the Cook Islands and, um, got in about two o'clock in the morning, which you guys played in too. Yeah. Yeah, it's withered. And there's a guy playing the guitar out there that has done it. That guy is still playing. Is he? As a matter of fact, he was at the, the, you know, we rented a little condo at this little complex, right? We did it through a vacation rentals by owner. And, he played one night at the bar and the bar owner stopped and introduced him to everybody. And he said, this man has been playing at the airport for like 50 years. Every day he plays for every arrival and every departure. And he was, and then we remember, Oh yeah, he was the guy that was playing when we walked through the gates. And then when we were leaving there, he was again, you know, yeah. So it's probably the same guy. And so we, yeah, I'm sure it is, you know, but we had a great time there and, and I went with this guy. He's got bucks, and so he stayed. With, well, we flew in. We got a, a limo to pick him up in Covina, and me at my house. 
went out to the airport and flew the um, uh, New Zealand Air, Airways. Yeah. And so before you even take off, you got a, a bottle of champagne on your ice bucket next to you. Yeah. It's all complimentary, you know, and the best of steaks and that type of thing. And so we we lived pretty good. But we stayed at this uh, Rotonga bungalows, and that's what Tom Ferron owns that with his Chinese wife. And that's, that's on Rarotonga. And he was a son of Tom, of, uh, not Tom Furon, Ed, Ed Furon, I think it was, who ran the Intercontinental Tahara in Tahiti. And so we had, uh, we had a really good time. We had, um, you know, upstairs he had a, a, they had just five bungalows, huts, and they're kind of like an outdoor shower type thing. It was very, very nice. And, um, we had a great time with him alone. You know, I could live there in Rotonga. Then we went on. Yeah, I, I, I can too. Yeah, it's really great. And then we went on to um, Aitutaki, you know, and mm-hmm. again, it's a terribly expensive place. I don't know, it was like $500 a day. And, yeah. You know, and, and he had the money. And what happened is he got, uh, the, the flight was paid for by um, American Express mm-hmm. dollars, you know, mm-hmm. that he had done in business, you know, phone. Well, that's nice. So it was really, we had a good time there. But yeah. I really enjoyed Rotonga. I really think, good. you know, I've, I've been to Aitutaki twice. I've been to Rarotonga three times. Why? Because I love it. Yeah. So Rarotonga is great. Aitutaki is beautiful. That's why we go. We go to Aitutaki mm-hmm. for the lagoon and and you know to look at the giant clams in the in the you know underwater. Oh, they're right over by the bridge there. They got giant clams down below. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about Aitutaki is it's a little bit too slow for me. Rarotonga, Rarotonga is only one fifth the size of Kauai, but it still feels very much like. A metropolitan island you know that's where yeah, the international flights come in and out and i don't think i would get bored in rarotonga but it, you know so you get i think the best of both worlds i think you get you know um the metropolitan community and then you also get the island lifestyle yeah i so, told people i could live there yeah you know, and uh, of course knowing tom but again the only the bad problem is, is that if you have any medical problems like he's had if you right then you got to fly back to tahiti or la better yet yeah, they have a small hospital there, but if you have a major medical issue, they, and you, go, you can go fly over to New Zealand, an hour sure. and a half or so. But that'd be the other alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's closer than flying to L.A., but yeah, yeah but it's still a, still a three and a half hour flight. Yeah, from Rome. If you had heart problems, you might say adios. Right, Well, I, I want to stay respectful of your time, so I'm gonna. Go ahead and wrap this up here in a few minutes. But I want to ask one more question that I think everybody wants to know. So before we wrap up, what I want to ask you is, do either of you have tiki spaces in your own home? Yeah, I have. I have um, Eddie's one of Eddie's original tiki's, like the one at Disneyland. Okay. And I have one, his original in the backyard. And then I have some thatch and I have a palapa in the backyard. Okay. On the patio. And then inside I've got some some wallabies that are carved, uh, I think, what was that island that's before New Guinea, you know, that's out there? Trobian Island. Trobian Island. Trobian Island things. And I have... In the hallway, one of these panels we have that you love it that we haven't carved it for years. So it's all carved marcation type things, you know, uh-huh. marcation figures, and that's the extent of it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and of course, I have a back a bar in the back that uh, knows how to make pretty good drinks, you know. Yeah. Been making a Manahuni juice recently. Okay. And then the Navy grog with Trader Vic's. I said you can't buy that. They're grog concentrated grog mix, you know. You can't buy their stores. So she's I'll take care of you, and she sent me two bottles of it. Oh, that's uh, great. Eve, Eve Trader Vic's daughter, uh, granddaughter Eve. Yeah, yeah. And so she came down here to visit one day, and yeah. So then we were up there on their 80th anniversary, and then the same summer over to uh, Disney's 60th anniversary, invited us there. So okay. 
What about you, Leroy? Do you have any tiki space? I have. I do not have a particular designated area. However, my house is carved a lot. Okay. The, my moldings on the facing boards of the and um, entryway of my porch, and um, it's it's not all real Polynesian safe per se. But people come in and they say, "Well, it's not like you're a Polynesian guy." I look whatever they think this stuff looks like. And then I do have collected items and things, and, uh, sure. and I do have mugs and stuff, but they're all more in boxes, not being displayed to particularly anyway. I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I am surprised because I would have expected you guys to say, "No, I get enough tiki at work." <laughs> the tiki tea guys are like that because yeah, no, they never, get, they say, "Oh, I get enough tiki at work." Yeah. Neither of them have any tiki anything yeah. in their homes. Yeah, we have. I don't think you have, we'd never get tired of it. You know? Yeah, never do. Yeah, you guys, you guys seem to have probably the best private collection, and uh, you don't amass this kind of stuff with without really enjoying it or appreciating it. We were going to turn this into a Polynesian place with, you know, the, the full bore, you know. Yeah. Pufferfish diets, all kinds of things, but it just never happened, you know. Yeah. It's got too busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, being busy is good, right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with being busy is he, and some people chide me about this, that when you sell something, you have to replace it. It's getting harder and harder to replace. Oh, and so, okay. And the girls don't understand. I said, don't sell that. that we like you know, we, we like it sitting there for nothing. Yeah. And we don't need the money, so just let it sit there. Yeah. And so that's kind of a fun thing. So yeah, we put up a website, and, and I figured it's going to be too much, and it's awful. You get, we're getting so much business from it, you know? Yeah. And it's not even done yet, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever looked at it or not. But I have looked at it. it. It has pretty much the history of Oceanic Arts in there, at least for our trip, primarily. But, um, yeah, we got to finish that up. So what's the future of Oceanic Arts, having said that? Well, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to say we have to give up. We're not yeah. getting any younger. However, that's we're hanging on as long as we can. No, no uh, plans on passing it on to the kids? To continue the None legacy, of them would be. Um, he has two daughters that are have their lives pretty well organized, and I have three sons. I have I actually have six children. All of them, their lives are pretty well occupied. Uh, two, mm-hmm. two that are ministers, two sons that are ministers. youth pastors, that type of thing. And, also. Okay. and, uh, okay. um, and uh, others are medical field. Well, that's pretty interesting. Does he does he view this stuff as like paganistic? No, not. No? Uh, okay. They've all worked here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, see, we have people. That, I've been to that thing before. The youth pass that youth in conflict. Yeah, I took my yeah. daughter to in Long Beach, and you know, they say anything you got at home, like mask or anything, throw them in the fireplace and burn them. Don't yeah. keep any of it. There's a lot of people who look at it that way. We don't. We don't look at a tiki as being a sexual thing or the god of love or the god of money. There's a deal. This KC company that sells out of Hawaii, and they've got all these little miniature things. Right. I think we got some little shot glasses, not of everything. Well, we right. don't believe that. You know, we try to stick with originals. Although they might have been, they probably were involved in religious rituals, but we just look at a piece of art. Yeah, I believe that that was uh, created to sell to tourists. You know, the god of money and the god of god of love and the god of fortune and the god of whatever. Let me tell you a story about the, the Carter again. When he was in Samoa, he was having the it was developing the people to carve the tiki's that came here that we were talking about earlier, and the missionaries saw what he was doing, and they thought that he was going to start the religion over again to all their... Oh, really? And they came as a group to kind of shut him down. Wow. And, That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I guess he explained that, that it was all for show and yeah, yeah. fun and so forth. Yeah. And then at our shop, when we used to be on Philadelphia Street, 
we had tiki's in front, and uh, we had a big sign, had posted on carved tiki's and so forth on, on the sign. And I had I went out one day, and here's a fellow with a little tiny collar and a big flat black hat, and he says, "Those have evil things here." And, so <laughs> and he was one of the old Quakers. Yeah. And uh, he actually came from Ohio, and he came back to visit his Quaker families, and he was very offended by this. Yeah. So we sat down on one of the tiki logs and talked about it, and eventually he left convinced that uh, we weren't doing something that was real wicked and evil. Oh, and, that's good. And, uh, <laughs> and then I have another thought that you might have just, for fun, you talk about things that went on and things were interesting. Well, we were doing, a, a, needed a lot of tiki's, big logs for doing apartment houses and things along sure. Lakewood and yeah. Walmart and so forth. And our, at the time, Eddie the Carver said, I know there's a lot of logs. And they're out on Arrow Highway around, around the rock yard areas. And he said, wanted Bob and I to loan him the money to rent a truck and a tow motor to or a forklift right. to Go pick take all, all the stuff. So we did. And uh, not knowing what type of truck we did, he, he, he got a steak truck with no chains. Oh, wow. And, and, he, and he had a forklift driver go out there. And he loaded up these... North Palms are all in the neighborhood of 18 inches to 2 feet diameter on the back of this truck. All the way up, stacked up the ties of the, the racks. And as he went down, left there, he went down the road, and as he gassed and gunned the motor a little bit, the front end would lift up. <laughs> and he went down the highway, arrow highway, lifting the front end up and down, up and down. And then pretty soon he heard a cracking noise. Yeah. One side or the other, these logs began to fall off yeah. in Long Era Highway. And uh, anyhow, we were expecting to see this truck load of something come arrive to the shop. Mm-hmm. And Bob had left, it was getting dusk. You know, and then I heard this noise from a distance, scraping noise. And scrape and scrape and right. noise. And soon I looked down the road, and there comes this truck. And one, <laughs> one log. And the lift gate was dragging on the ground. Oh, <laughs> no stakes. <laughs> and it was all bowed. The back end oh, was bowed. And this was a brand new truck. had paper license plates on it. Wow. <laughs> so we pushed the log off. And Eddie had to take the truck back to the rental yard the next day. Yeah. And then when he came back and told us about it, he says, I've never seen a grown man cry before. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of a, it was, a, it was a, a sad but funny thing. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to let me come down and do a podcast with you. So, the website is oceanicarts.net, not .com, .net. And you guys are open Monday through Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday during the holidays we're closed Saturday. So we're here from 8 to 4 and closed 12 to 1 for lunch. Okay. So Oceanic Arts in Whittier, California. Thank you, Bob, and thank you, Leroy. And aloha. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs>